like if I know that you don't have a team that cuts up your content and does a lot of shit for you mm-hmm. and you have that much time to create content that you're not doing anything. Yeah. Um, cause they're more about the being a part of the group versus doing building. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is building great sales teams. Good morning, noon and night. Welcome back to the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. Uh, this is the conclusion of Doug's conversation with Jacob Stoller. There's so much great information that they just kind of chopped it up about, and I hope you guys enjoy. Um, and if you do enjoy, make sure to like, subscribe, and share it with someone else so they can also get the value from it. Thank you very much. Let's get back into it. Hey, I want to tell the story about how we met, actually. Okay. Because <laughs> I think... One, I love it, and this is typically what happens with Apex anyways. But yeah. so Ryan did a, a mastermind in the sky, right? And this one was to, to Philly. I don't know if you remember. This was like a year yeah. and a half ago. It, it was a while back. to see uh, Jose. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And so I worked my way into that um, consulting or whatever. But on, on the way there, you were on the plane with us, and you had other plans. But you were on the plane with us. And so here I am getting on the plane. I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to get some some FaceTime with with Ryan and some other, you know, high-level Apex members. And uh, it, it was just funny because I don't know that you and Ryan, like, had a relationship at that point or knew each other that Not well. Really, no. Okay, I didn't think so. And so we're, we're on the plane, and we start chopping it up, and then you just start going off. You know what I mean? And it's all, <laughs> it all good stuff. When I say going off, I mean, like, basically business language, you know, expert level right yeah and then and then also i look over at ryan and he's just like enamored at one point he's like what the hell jacob i didn't know you knew all this shit and what have you <laughs> yeah. not done you know what yeah. i'm saying and so like you get on that plane expecting to learn something from ryan Stuman, and i ended up learning yeah. the most from you that day you know yeah. which was really it it really solidified kind of my membership in apex and getting on that plane because it yes you know Ryan's very good at what he does and has a yeah. lot to offer and you can learn from him just by having a 30 minute conversation. Right. But it is about the people on the plane too, you know? Well, he, he's kind of made, he's almost made a transition. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like when, when BFA was a lot smaller, it was a lot easier for him to touch everybody. Right. Right. Um, you know, the, the group is smaller, the flying Fridays might've been one, two groups, whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody had a lot of access Yeah. as you scale. And you know, as you scale a business, the person that's at the very top becomes less accessible. Right. Um, you know, there, it might cost more money to get in front of them, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why he did the executives program, but like, it's almost now where like Ryan's almost a connector. Yeah. Um, and that's why like everybody laughs when, when people are like, Oh, fuck apex or whatever, but did you do the work? Yeah. Like, did you put the time in, did you make connections? And people actually laugh when they find out how long I've been in apex. I think I'm pushing two years. Mm-hmm. The first 10 months I just watched. Yeah. I didn't know what my value was. I didn't know who had value to me. I didn't right. know anybody. Yeah. And so like I came in and, and I just kind of like sat back and I read people's posts and there's people I align with people I don't align with. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of figured out where I fit, um, where I started to add value. Yeah. Um, cause the last, like, dude, it blows my mind. I was telling Drewby this uh-huh. on a 30 minute call it blows my mind. People hop into apex 
and their intro thing is some fucking sales pitch. Yeah. Like, hi, I'm in here. We're the best at this. And we do this and our price point and this. And like, everybody reads that and is like, well, fuck this guy. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And so like going in, uh, I think they were like, oh, right. Like an intro post. And I didn't do yeah. it. Um, I, I don't. I don't necessarily know what I would say. That's one thing I've noticed about you when it comes to social media. And, and now you're kind of like getting onto TikTok and spreading your message yeah. there. But I notice you keep your cards very close to your chest. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate that because I, I kind of got to see behind the curtain and going yeah. on that, that mastermind and hearing about all the things that you've done and, and the, the expertise you have in business. And I've benefited greatly from that. And, um, but I appreciate that because it's the ones that kind of bark the most and yeah, I'm not going to say post the most cause that's part of the program. Yeah. Right. But post the most, like just everything's great and everything's awesome and all the time. And this is amazing. And if you do business with me, you're going to be amazing. And all that, that gets exhausting, you yeah. know? So when, it's funny too. I think I told Drewby one of the same things. It's like, if you really have, like, if I know that you don't have a team, that cuts up your content and does a lot of shit for you. Mm -hmm. And you have that much time to create content that you're not doing anything. Yeah. Um, and like, and those are the people that I was trying to weed out initially. Cause those are the people that want to be buddy, buddy first. Right. Um, cause they're more about the being a part of the group versus doing building. And that's okay. That's too. a real thing. Like, it's a real yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and it's, if that's what you're into, that's okay too. Um, I'm not knocking people that just want to be a, a part of a, a group. I totally understand that. Well, there's a career attract in there. You know, if you do it right, you can end up becoming a coach. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Yes, you have to have some expertise in something, right? Yeah. But you could end up becoming a coach and make a whole career from it. I've seen people do it in just the last two years, you know? Yep. And, and like I said, I don't, it's just, that isn't, who, those aren't the people that I want, want to work with. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's not that they don't have value. There's plenty, they provide value to a bunch of different people. Yeah. Um, with what I'm trying to do, it would be a waste of their time for me to engage them. Yeah. Um, and I think that self-awareness mm -hmm. um, is understanding like who I want to talk to. And there's, there's some people that they always, they're always doing something different and it's exhausting to talk to them. About. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like, I, I made a post about it the other day where, while I was talking about millionaires talk about having seven streams of income, it's mm -hmm. not a license to fucking start a new business every four months. Right. And it's have not. all your focus divided. Yeah. Um, I got into an argument about multitasking. You can't do it. Not a thing. Okay. Like psychologists have said it. It's been research. Mm -hmm. You can task switch. Uh, and that's why, like, I think uh, Bill have commented on one of the videos I was making while I was driving. Mm -hmm. He said, I said, um, like 137 times. The thing is, I'm in the middle of talking. I have to do something different real quick. <laughs> Yeah. So like <laughs> my, my, my word that I'm using while I'm trying not to get hit is, um, yeah. Uh, and that was where, <laughs> that was where he caught it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, uh, people think that they can divvy and, and move things along. If your main company that pays all your bills, isn't on autopilot, you have zero business operating something else. If you want to do something passive, if you want to put 200 grand into an Amazon store yeah. that you don't have to touch fantastic. By all means, do it. Don't be like, hey, I'm opening up a retail store for collectors. What? What <laughs> yeah. do you mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I just found out that, you know, I'm into collectibles and I, there's a, a market here. We know there's a fuck ton of collectibles businesses. But why do you need one? Yeah. Like, because Dan um, Fleischman has one. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, but even, but even take guys like that. Yeah. His, his, uh, uh, whatever, a hundred million dollar mastermind. All that right. Stuff, right. It's very autopilot. Yeah. He's got people that do all of this shit for him. Well, once you've built so out wants- one business, it's, you have the key players right yeah. at the top level. So you can start another business and pull one of them over after that's on autopilot and then basically work your way back down, you know? And you're 30,000 foot view on the other one, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and, and that's fine because you can make decisions looking at spreadsheets and listening to those people. Yeah. But until you get to that point, you're, you're actually going to lose money on the first business because you stopped watching it. Mm-hmm. But you're also going to lose money that you could have spent on the first business in the second business. So, so now you've taken funds away from the main one, right. not just time. Um, and that's what's, what's mind-blowing to me. But even if you look at Fleischman stuff, it's very siloed. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at Ryan's stuff, it's very siloed. Yeah. And, and he'll cut time out because he's got to go and talk to people about phone sites. But that's a 45-minute conversation. Well, then he pays the right people and puts them in the right place to operate the business, you know. Yep. But you also have to understand, like, what's your plan with the business? Is it to build it to exit? Is it to build it to go public? Is it to build it just to build it and run it forever? Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what do you want to do with it? Well, I don't know. Well, then why are you opening it? Like, you don't even know. Is there an exit? Yeah, you, you got to have the, the target in mind before you even start. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, like, go ahead. I, I, I definitely didn't when I started out. I was like, I yeah. want to be a business owner, period. I'm 21 years old. Like, I need to own my own business because I've been fired for my last 20 jobs. So yep. I had no idea. It, Would it you have fired you from your last 20 jobs? At least. <laughs> <laughs> now you know why you want to work for yourself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. L- let me ask that because, you know, we're coming up on an hour now, and I don't really yeah. care how long it is. Honestly, I'll chop it into two episodes if we need to. Okay. Um, where did all this come from? What do you mean? Like, where did you come from? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, dude. So it's kind of you're, funny. You're a relatively young guy for all this experience that you have. So my entire life, I've done everything I wanted to do because I wanted to do it. Um, and like, I, so to go back, mm-hmm. the first thing I ever did for myself was I, I wanted to talk on mics at nightclubs. Um, okay. Cause I liked going to going, going out on Saturdays. There was this like teen night that I went to. And uh, I literally worked my way in through talking to the right people where they put me on the mic on Saturdays. Okay. Um, and then I wanted to get into playing music. Um, so like I, I worked my way around for them, giving me a night where I was the one DJ. Okay. And then they moved me into the, the nightclub side. When I was 18, I started hosting a weekly fight night at a place called Toad Holler in Iowa. This is a, and I don't know if you watch MMA, but like this is where Jeremy Stevens came from. This is where Josh Neer came from. So this uh, is the, uh, the route to UFC. Yeah. This is the first kind of level. Yeah, like this was literally like people came in. It was a bar. And yeah. you signed up that night to fight someone in your weight class. That's badass. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it was awesome. But then it was like, okay, well, if I can do it here, maybe I can announce MMA shows. Okay. Um, so I'm like reaching out to MMA shows. I'm like, what do I got to do? Well, we, are, we already got somebody. I'll do it for free. Right. Like, I'll do it for free. Put me up in a hotel. I'll drive myself there. Um, so I started doing that next thing I know I'm, I'm on TSN in Canada, Nice. um, which TSN is like the equivalent of ESPN. Mm -hmm. Um, next thing it was like, all right, well maybe I'm gonna do my own shows. 
Um, so I started up my own MMA promotion. And I started promoting my own show. Like a web series? or Oh, no, no. You uh, no, put like, together the actual show. Literally, okay. yeah. I, I, did, I even managed fighters at one point. Um, and during this, uh, I went to work for my dad. And um, my dad and I have a very, like, fractured relationship. Like, mm-hmm. we haven't talked for a year probably now. Um, there, he's not a bad guy. We're just not good for each other. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. Um, our, our relationship is very oil and water. Um, there'll be times where it's good and then it just explodes violently. Um, and I don't have time to manage that like right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I went to work for my dad, he did wealth management stuff and man, they used to mail out for a seminar, 45,000 pieces. And it was like a five page trifold third rate mail yeah. and i'm like look and i'm like i wouldn't even open this like, yeah like i would get this in mail and be like nope yeah and and so i went through and i retooled their marketing mm-hmm. i now i got i got expelled from high school so like i don't have a college education um i got my diploma because i had enough credits to do it when i got expelled nice. uh, i didn't get a walk across the stage nothing they they expelled me and, and mailed me my diploma. <laughs> yeah. So I'm lucky I got one. Um, so I don't have a, a marketing background. I just felt it was very logical. Yeah. If you were sending me this, what, like, what, how do you, what makes me open? Uh, well, so you know what that is? Because it's hard for me to explain people how I came up in my business without any formal training or any, yeah. you know, I was around other business owners, yep. but no, I'm a problem solver and that's yeah. my talent. Right. And so you had this talent, obviously, and you used it for the marketing program. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like looking at this thing. I'm like, all right, like, what are some general marketing rules? Mm-hmm. Like I have 10 seconds when you're scanning it to hook you. Right. If I send you a trifold five page thing, the first 10 seconds is you flipping through all five pages. Like figuring <laughs> out what the fuck is this yeah, thing? Yeah, like, why do I have this? <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. So I sent it all back to him. I go chop it into one, one page. Uh-huh. Most important stuff. So he chops it all up and I said, okay, like, what is your target demo? What are the most people that give you money? What are their age groups? Where do they live? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Sent that all back to me. I basically trimmed the list down to like 13,000 people. I put it on a, um, a card stock, um, eight by uh, eight and a half by 11. So full sheet. Yeah. I put it in a linen envelope with handwritten addresses and I sent it with a real stamp and open rate was through the roof. Oh, I bet. Uh, we were still doing, so they would get 75 people to respond to that 45,000 mailing. Mm-hmm. And like, we're buying a dinner, right? Yeah. So like we paid, but the, the only people that were in the room that could actually do business with him for what he did were maybe 20 or 30 of them. Right. What's weird is we still would get like 35 to 37 people, but they would all be target markets. They had the money. They could do the business. They appreciated the um, value. Yeah. They appreciate and, and the so, yeah, quality. <sighs> Over 12 months time, I think we spent a half a million less on marketing and did more business. Um, and then like what went south was he ended up hiring a person to work the front desk. She showed up the first day, 20 minutes late, put her jacket on her chair and said, I'm going to McDonald's to get me coffee. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? Like what? Um, and uh, I wanted to fire her for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I kept trying to fire. So, you know, what the first and thought what, in my head is right. What? Who was she sleeping with? Exactly. To have that attitude. <laughs> yeah. So, so she's trying to get access to QuickBooks. 
Uh, she's trying to get access to card numbers, like all this kind of stuff. Oh, wow. So finally, one day in, in July of, I want to say it was 2003 or four. Mm-hmm. It was like 7.15 in the morning. I call him and I'm like, her or me? Um, and this is the only time I've ever yelled in my entire life. And it scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Like, because I've never gotten that mad. Yeah. And he ended up like, she has more talent in her pinky than you have and all this kind of stuff. But she was sleeping with him, just, just so we're clear. <laughs> um, so I, I ended up moving. I changed my phone number. Like, I disappeared, yeah. right? Um, I get a job at uh, monster.com, the, the message or the, the job company. Right. Um, working directly under the VP. Her name is Amanda. She was awesome. And uh, I got the job ahead of a bunch of people that had way more experience than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just sold myself in the interview. So right. I wound up with a job. I get my phone rings in October, same year. And it's my dad. He found me at my desk. Um, one of the girls, I guess, that worked part-time in the office was friends with my girlfriend at the time. Gotcha. So that's how he found out where I was. Yeah. Anyway, um, hey, I need you to help me right now. I'm like, what? He's like, there's like 85 grand missing. And I'm like, okay, like, are the logins still the same? He's like, yeah, I found it in five minutes. Uh, She was basically saying that the credit card for the company was bouncing. And so she was writing personal checks for lead lists, but she was really using the company card. So she would use the company card, then write herself a check Mm -hmm. for like 8,500 or whatever it was. She had her gym membership on the business card. She was paying her water bill on the business card, her kids childcare in 15 minutes wow. and uh obviously i was very young at the time i was early 20s so i was like remember when i wanted to fire her <laughs> immediately <laughs> petty as fuck <laughs> no time at all it was the first... like, i don't have time to do this right now like of course you do like yeah. you know what i mean um so anyway uh, i went about my business um i ended up quitting that job to run my mma show um, so after that was over, so I had a partner in my, the first biggest show I did, he did absolutely nothing. Um, no promoting, no, no, we lost like 50 grand on the first show. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started doing some smaller shows, regional, um, Dana White actually even talked about me in one of his interviews at one point. Nice. Um, and everybody that fought for me enjoyed it. It was cool. Um, you know, after that, um, I started kind of doing like phone sales. Mm-hmm. I found myself, um, let's see, Chicago. I went back to Iowa and uh, I started working in bars again because I wasn't really sure what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of helping them reach target market, plan parties, whatever. Um, I moved down to Phoenix to work with those gyms. Um, there was like 10 of them. And um, we ended up getting them prepped to sell to LA Fitness in almost six months. It was all it took. Nice. Um, the stuff that we did was actually pretty cool. So I was talking about the, the script piece, right. but so we had like a $19 membership. Um, cause it was one of those places that, you know, it's a volume deal, like mm-hmm. 54,000 square feet, whatever. We did this value add membership for 10 bucks a month and you got two group training sessions with a trainer. So this did a couple of things. One, we got 10 bucks a month out of everybody. Right. And the trainers, if they had open time on their schedule, they had to take groups. 
Mm-hmm. So if the if the PT people weren't booked up because they got paid hourly plus whatever, yeah. they had to take a group. And they didn't want to take well, groups, so, so they stayed booked. They needed if booking. you wanted to, yeah, okay. So what's great about this is, and they don't know this because they didn't pick up on it. They're with three or four people an hour that they haven't sold PT to. What do you think happened? Exactly. People bought BT, PT because they didn't want to be in a group anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was what changed the whole course of the revenue for the company that got them to a point where LA Fitness was ready to buy them. Nice. But I woke up one day in, in October, six months after I moved down there, and I didn't have a job anymore because the deal went through. Yeah. Um, so I started sending my resume out to three or four different states. I wound mm-hmm. up in LA. Um, I uh, worked at a company that did equipment leasing, uh, and this was like 08. Mm-hmm. So no one was doing equipment leasing because <laughs> <laughs> the market was shit, right? Yeah, yeah. So they started doing credit repair. And uh, I was the type of person that I would go into a place and I would be like, let me negotiate out of my base pay. Right. I want stronger commissions. And people are like, you're fucking crazy. No, I'm not. I know I could sell. So yeah, like, let's see how, income. well, not only that, but let's like, let's see how ridiculous they'll make the top end. Nice. Because like, if I'm asking for shit, no one's ever hit. They're going to, they're going to put numbers. Yeah, on there be like, they don't think I'm a hit. It's easy. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so we made it like this asinine deal. Uh, when I got there, people were doing, I don't know, 20 deals a week. Mm-hmm. Immediately, I was doing 40. Um, and they're like, how are you doing it? Like, I never left my desk. And yeah. like, I would be putting the notes in for the, the last deal uh, while I was wrapping the call. So yeah. by the time I'm done, I'm hitting submit. I didn't even hang my phone. I'm making the next call. So I'm making 130 calls a day. Most people are making 68. And they're, so everybody's trying to figure out how I'm doing it. It reminds me of the pursuit of happiness when Will Smith's talking about oh. the six well, seconds to, to put the phone down yeah yeah because yeah, he he had to get done early because he had to go get his kids yeah, so he had to knock out the same time. number of calls yeah. yeah um i never left uh so the way that it worked was you would get commission bonuses if you clocked in on time for a certain number of days but this was all day so it was when you got there when you got back from lunch mm-hmm. when you left for the day you never if left. you were a minute <laughs> off you missed so i didn't go anywhere yeah. i would eat at my desk because <laughs> i'm not why would i fuck up my, my revenue. Mm-hmm. So I had been there for two and a half months and I get called into a meeting and he's like, we need to adjust your commission. You're making too much to money. Because <laughs> I'm not making any money on you. Yeah, exactly. I still have the email. Like I kept it. I, I still that. have it. Um, I think I was making three grand a week as an opener. Wow. Um, and like, that's stupid. Like even I knew that was stupid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was how we built it. So now I've got other people in the office chasing me to 40 deals mm-hmm. because now 20 was 20 was the ceiling. I broke they probably it. still profited off of it. They just didn't have the vision to yeah. look at all the numbers. The whole total well, so I eventually I made my way up to a point where I was like part of the fabric You're so right. I could see the math. Yeah. Um, but uh, I ended up getting or developing two different new divisions with them because mm-hmm. I'm a numbers guy. So like I look at metrics. They started sliding over. We were buying leads from Lending Tree. And uh, so it was more people who wanted to buy a house, but they right. had shitty credit. Okay. So we would call them and be like, hey, we know you're trying to buy a house. We can do a credit analysis at 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. And they'd pay us the 60 bucks. And that was what I was getting paid to do was take 60 bucks. Right. My average time to close was like 12 minutes. Nice. Uh, and all I was doing was pitching the value of having somebody else look at their credit report, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can tell you if there's stuff that can be removed. We can tell like whatever. 
Well, little did I know the people on the other side did not give a fuck about ethics. So the people on the closer side, all they wanted to do was get their 800 bucks to start the program. Right. right. Now, if you know anything about credit repair, you don't see shit for 90 days. Right. So taking 800 day one and 99 bucks day 31 is fucking robbery. Yeah. But the guys on the closer side are making money hand over fist because right. even if they quit after month four, they've taken in 12 or 1300 bucks. Yeah. They got all their money on the front end. Up front. Right. Yeah. Because they knew people weren't staying. Mm -hmm. So after a while that I was in there, I was like, I'm like, I want to try a rehash program. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I want to call people who said no. I was like, the leads are free. We've already talked to them about their credit report. Most of them said no on price. Yeah. They're like, so what do you want to do? I was like, I want to do 199 day one. And I want to do 90, 99 bucks day 60. And they're like, why? I go, because I think we can get people to stay on for nine months. If they stay on for nine months, we're collecting the same amount of money that we were collecting on the front end. Mm -hmm. But if we've seen results by month six, we can stretch that to a year or a year and three months. Right. Get more out of so each our customer. Nets higher. Yeah. And I'm like, but one of the things that we will do is we'll lower the number of things that we're sending letters to. So if they have a lot of stuff and we're only aiming at three of them a month, they're going to have to stay on for two or three years. And honestly, that's the strategy now. You know, I've, I've, I've talked with Jose a lot now. Yeah. And that's the strategy now, though. If you send them everything at once and contest everything at once, they're, they're not going to look at anything. They throw it out. Yeah, they throw it out. But I, and I was one of the first people in the space, I think, to suggest it. Because mm -hmm. I don't even think Lexington Law was doing it like that yet. Right. Um, they shifted gears around the same time that we did. Mm -hmm. So I come up with this new deal. I go out to lunch to the dude that owns the company. Now, full disclosure, the guy that owned this company, I'm, I'm in his inbox right now trying to get him to let me pay him an hour at a time to call him because of what I'm doing. Um, mm -hmm. So like what I'm about to say is going to sound like he's an asshole. He's just very good at business. And yeah. I, I got caught up in a situation where I didn't protect myself. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I, have you ever, do you remember seeing, uh, ads for bite like the teeth thing like invisalign b-y-t-e yeah. um, he bootstrapped that and sold it for a billion dollars wow that was him so this is us you know 15 years ago in a different business mm -hmm. he ended up selling the credit repair one for 12 million i think mm -hmm. but anyway so i told him i'm like i want i want this to be a department we went to lunch we we extrapolated numbers we talked about how it was going to get paid he showed me a route to a quarter of a million a year whatever we closed the office because we're moving up to a new one. What do you think happened when the new office opened? My price point, company-wide. Yeah. So I lost everything that I had aimed at. He put me on like a, a do-nothing bitch job at 80 grand a year right. where I was like dicking around all day. Yeah. Like I had, I basically didn't have a job. The only progression I could have got up was to replace his partner, which obviously wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um. And so I was stuck doing nothing. So why do you think, and, and why do you think he did that at that time? Was it just I mean, it's, protecting himself? No, when, when you extrapolate the math and you go from a 38% close rate to 65, mm -hmm. why not? No, I'm saying, why do you think he did that to you and didn't like prop you up? And Oh, you know, because what good am I if you already have my information? I mean, but obviously you came up with that, I'm sure in a couple of months, you're going to have another good idea down the line, like... I'm, but if his idea, if that, his idea, but, but his if his idea is to exit exit in three years, he doesn't need my ideas. I just gave him his route to his net revenue, and yeah. once he hit his net, he's he's out. 
I just, I, I didn't think I was being short-sighted in investing in my people, especially when they brought stuff like that to me. You know what I mean? See, like, and I don't feel that way either. Yeah. But like, I, I can get there. Like yeah. if he did the, if he did the math over that week and figured out if they, if they move lead spend to this and they net at 65 yeah. and people stay till 11 months mm -hmm. and he knows he's got his number. I served my purpose. Um, cause his job wasn't to keep it. He didn't like that business. So he thought it was CD. Gotcha. Um, which I mean, credit repair is a little bit dirty. Um, there aren't a lot of people that do it ethically. Right. Um, they got in trouble multiple times. I mean, they changed the name of the company at least four times while I was there. Yeah. That's always, fun. um, a lot of solo yeah, and, and it do was, that too. And, and I, and I get it. I, yeah. I, you know, he, he wanted his exit. And like I said, I, I was pissed at the time, but I was a man about it. I went into his office on a Friday and was like, I just can't do this. Mm -hmm. Um, like I like y'all, you know, whatever, like, thanks, but like I'm out I need more. and I had no plan. Um, I went to, uh, this company that was doing insurance leads mm -hmm. and tried to help them, um, fix their, their processes. Um, they just didn't want to come out of pocket to pay anybody. Gotcha. Um, they weren't reinventing the wheel. They weren't doing anything different. They weren't adding value to anybody. Their leads were coming from the same lead pools. Everyone else's were, mm -hmm. they claimed to have an SEO and it took me six months to figure it all out. You know what I mean? Um, but from there I went to, uh, a, a, like, a. they mostly sold mattresses. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a company that made their own and, I don't. So it's funny because mattress salespeople and used car salespeople are probably the two that get the most stick. Right. Right. I made the most money I'd ever made in my life in sales selling beds. Really? Uh, I am not kidding. Wow. Um, so I get a regional manager position for this company and based out of, uh, shit, San Clemente. I don't really remember. And, uh, the guy that owns the company actually owns a venture cap company. So like mm -hmm. this mattress, he doesn't really give a fuck about it, right? Yeah. Like it, it makes the money. It does what it does. Right. Their stores look like shit. Their brand kind of looked like shit, whatever. Anyway, um, I get hired into the Southwest region and I go to work. Um, I sell four days a week and I do rounds on Fridays to go and meet with other people. Mm -hmm. Like right out of the gate, I'm 40 grand more than anybody. Right. Like there isn't anybody. And I'm not even in the best stores. I'm in the shit region. And, um, so people all of a sudden are like, well, how the, you're only selling four days. Like how the fuck are you doing this? Mm -hmm. I'm like, so if someone comes in and says they want an $800 mattress, what do you do? And the guy's like, well, I take them over to our $800 bed. Why? They don't even know that that's what they want. Yeah. Well, how they said they didn't No, they gave you a price. Yeah. They didn't tell you it was a bed they wanted. They had a budget in mind and that you sold it to them. I was like, he's like, well, what do you do if someone does that? I'm like, well, I, first of all, I meet him at the front of the store. So I'm not sitting behind the desk fucking 400 yards away, yelling at him, saying hi. I'm, I see them come to the door. I'll meet them. I'll meet them there. Yeah. The first thing I do is lay them on a $5,000 bed. Mm -hmm. um, they're like, Oh, I need 800. Well, do you like firm soft? What are you into? Well, I don't, we don't really know. Well, here's like a, a medium firm. What do you think? Oh, this is very comfortable. How much is this bed? You guys aren't buying this bed. Like, don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. Don't worry you know about what it. I mean? But, but get them like, well, we were, that's their entry point into understanding the value behind that price. But they don't know I'm doing it. Yeah. Right. So it's, um, so I would take them. They'd be like, we're looking to spend 800. I'm like, okay, the $800 bed in a medium is right here. Why don't you pop on it? Oh, this is not very comfortable. Yeah. I mean, 
you guys just laid on a $5,000 bed, this is $800 bed. The $800 bed probably costs $137 to make yeah. materials. The $5,000 bed probably costs three grand to make. Yeah. So um, I'm not like, I'm not saying that you guys can't buy this $800 bed. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, if you guys are tight on the budget, $800 is not good value for what you're spending. Yeah, you're not getting um, a return on investment. And so then I started explaining to them how mattresses are made. And people are like, why would you spend this much time to him? It's like, motherfucker, I'm, I'm there for 10 hours. I might see three people. Yeah. Like I could, I'll spend 90 minutes if that's what it takes to close a $2,000 deal. Cause I'm going to spend 60 of it trying to figure out how they're going to pay for it. Right. Like I need the time. And if I don't develop the relationship to guide them during the product thing, they're sure as shit not listening to me when I talk to them about money. 100%. So I need to create this relationship. So I'm literally taking springs from beds and showing them to them. Like, this is a 14 gauge. This is a 12. Mm -hmm. These do this. This is on the top, whatever. And then it's like, all right, like, why don't you guys, I'm not going to put you on the crazy expensive shit. Mm -hmm. Let's like go to the mid range. And why don't you just hop on a couple and tell me which one feels good. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. And then I leave them alone. And they're walking around the store, touching shit. You've already doubled, maybe tripled your price point at that that point. And so, you know, people, and I'll be like, I'll even tell them, I'm like, don't worry about the thing on the, the price on the sticker. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously it, it's not going to cost that. And um, I would get people from an $800 price point into 1600. Right. And, uh, you know, I would talk to them. I'd be like, you know, you guys can put your 800 down if you want. And I can give you, you know, no interest for three years on the rest. Mm-hmm. Oh, done. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, all right, you know, um, what I did to get you to this price point is I, I comped your delivery. Like, so I'm not charging you 200 for that. I'm throwing in a mattress protector because it's got a 25 year warranty on it. If you stain it, whatever. And that's all bullshit, really. A mattress protector yeah. costs me five bucks, but there's value in it for them because they want to protect their investment. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's how I was doing it. And I did it that way with everyone. Um, and it wasn't, it was just relationship building because once I became the expert, it didn't matter anymore. Um, so I've got a, so, yeah. I've got a question for you. You know, you've obviously brought a ton of value to the podcast and this is the first time we've even mentioned the podcast. We've just been talking. <laughs> yeah. We started off with a, uh, I don't even think we did an intro. No, <laughs> like it was, we went no. And I'll, day. I'll go in and add the intro later. Don't worry about it. But yeah. I, I do have one question to kind of wrap this up because, yeah. you know, I'm very interested in this answer for you because you're, you're into a lot of things. You're providing a lot of value here. So my, my question is, and I ask all my guests this, what does legacy mean to you? And what legacy are you going to leave behind? So everybody always asks me why I do what I do. And like, so I like building businesses. Like, don't get it twisted. I think it's fun. It's cool that I can make money doing it. If I couldn't make a fuck ton of money doing it, I would still be doing it. Like some people like painting. Some people want to be good at video games. It's a, it's a game to me. Like how big can I build this? How efficient can I make it? Right. But my biggest thing forever is I'm trying to be the person that I needed when I was younger. That's literally who I'm trying to be. If someone would have came up to me when I was 20 or even 25 and was like, Hey man, there's another way to go about this. I would have, I didn't have it. And so, so for me, I'm trying to show people new ways to structure their life or new ways to, to put systems in place to where they know what they're building to. Mm-hmm. Um, in my workplace for the medical company, I have a credit section where like people can come in and be like, my credit's fucked up. Like, what can I do? Um, and I'll, I'm the one that responds to all of it. 
Like if you want to send me your credit karma deal, like shoot it to me, we'll get it fixed. I basically, I don't care if people become entrepreneurs. I don't think there's anything wrong with being an employee. Right. You can still build your Amazing machine. Things. Yeah. yeah. You can do a ton of great stuff being an employee and you can clock in and you can clock out and you can have your family and you can do your stuff. There's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. but I want to show them how to do it. Like I want them to get married and I want them to have kids and I want them to buy the, the Ford Explorer that they've had their eye on for 10 years. Yeah. I want them to do all that stuff. And so for me, the, the best thing I could do is make sure to arm them like for that. Mm-hmm. But I invest in people because if they're happy, I'm going to make money. Um, and so if I can show them how to manage themselves and manage their lives and manage their goals, they're going to teach their kids that. And, and that's really the legacy I'm trying to, to leave behind is, is a, I hate the word abundance because I think it's corny, right. but like, I want people to have an abundance mindset. Well, you can do this stuff. It's a, re, it's real and it, and you're using it correctly. People abuse it though. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because an abundance yeah. mindset is the idea that I can be successful and other people can be successful too at the same time. Yeah. I don't have to bring them down to be successful. No, and it ain't a race. Right. Like, it's, it's, it ain't a race. We can all make it. But making it looks different to everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some people that want to, they want to make 50 grand a year. They want to clock in and clock out at eight to five. They want to go home and they want to finger paint with their kids. Yeah. And I'm cool. I'm, I appreciate it. I'm totally cool with it. Because if all we're doing is trying to tell people that they got to break free and go and do their own thing, who the fuck's going to work for me? Exactly. <laughs> Like, I think that every time someone says, or somebody yeah. says, uh, who, who first convinced you to give up on your dreams? And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. What? A lot of times their dream can fit in my dream. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that. Oh, I just, I, I hate that quote. <laughs> I do. I hate and, it with then, a passion. And there's, you know, there's, there's freedom in understanding credit. There's freedom in having somebody that, that wants to talk to you about those kinds of or things. Or mentor you. Yeah. And, and I, that's, that's how I hope people see me. Um, you know, I have a wealth of knowledge because I retain stuff at a retarded rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I mean, I have Asperger's, so that might be part of the problem. I am a little bit broken. Right. Um, but, but I'll, but it sounds I'll like a superpower. <laughs> so, so no joke. If you'd have met me in my early twenties, you wouldn't even recognize me. Um, I had, there's so many things that I've had to overcome, like on my day-to-day life mm-hmm. that I struggle with. Like we're on video right now. I couldn't make eye contact for longer than two seconds. If you ask me, you don't even know what's happening. Right. Like, I just can't look at you and look you straight in the eye. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, I've come up with ways to trick people into thinking I am, um, or I'll do a lot of hand gestures. So it's okay that my head's moving in a bunch of different directions. Yeah. Um, do you watch the, o- I, I, I gotta say that. Do you watch the office? Yeah. When, when, when he's like, just look right here. It's an old sales yeah. trick. <laughs> I, yeah, so I, I look at the bridge of people's noses. Okay. Because um, if I look too high, people will be like, what are you looking at my forehead for? Yeah. Um, but like, so I have a pattern that I do everything at. And I'm, I'm very addicted to my system because it's how I survive. That makes and sense. And if, let's say we had dinner plans at 6.30. Mm-hmm. I know it takes me 22 minutes to get ready. And I want to leave the minute I'm done. So I start getting ready at 6.08. If you call it 615 and move plans, I'd be like, fuck this. I'm not going. Yeah. And I'll just go sit down just on the couch. Just off the whole thing. Yeah. Can't do it. Um, and so there's a lot of, you know, while there are a lot of benefits, like to having a high, a high IQ, because mm-hmm. it's made me very good at asking why. Yeah. 
because um, that's all it is. High IQ doesn't mean you're smart. It means you want to know why. Yeah. <laughs> like, Curious. Yeah, yeah, I just I want to know why. I want to know how it works. Uh, I'm 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 and just then, enamored with finding things out. And then you retain that process. Yeah, you know. Um, and so it's like I have I know a bunch of stupid information that I don't need to know. Yeah. Like men have nipples because you're asexual until week seventeen. Like you don't know if you're gonna need them or not. Like why do I know that? <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Worthless information. And you know what? I think, I think that's the perfect end of the podcast right there. (laughs) Brother, I appreciate you coming on. I want to respect your time. I know we've gone like an hour and a half now. I'm going to break this into a few episodes and we're going to blow you up as much as we can, man. I I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and I, and I'll include all your links and everything in the show notes, of course. Oh, cool. No worries. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe so you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.